0: Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, or MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who, quote, he dreams of ballerinas and he he doesn't know why, but he sees Cadillac sailing. Here's my co-host from the left coast, Wayne Fugate.
1: Hola, Ben ami.
0: So, for this episode, we have a special guest. He was a referral from Dan Mills when we did an episode about Vampire Weekend. Wayne, that was a fun one. Uh, today's guest released an album this year called Don't Be So Hard on Yourself, which I dig a lot. And most recently, he's been opening for oh, some band that we're going to talk about today, The Counting Crows. Please welcome to the podcast, Matt Susich. Hello.
2: Thanks for saying my did name. Did I right. say it right? It did. I was worried. I was like, "Oh man, we didn't talk about this before. Is he going to get it right?" And he did. So, so I, I looked at your I looked at your
0: Facebook profile, and and you actually pr- included the pronunciation. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm hoping I get this right. Yeah. He he phonetically spelled it out for me. So let's hope that I don't slaughter it because I do that. I do that a lot, Wayne.
1: Been uh, a time or two i've had a
0: good run though i've ha- i haven't screwed up anyone's last names for a while so um fingers crossed that that uh that trend continues all right premise of our podcast fairly simple we talk about music but as we do at the beginning of each podcast i ask the all important question wayne i'm starting with you what t-shirt are you wearing i am wearing
1: uh, the mavericks t-shirt that you bought me fantastic and not, not the dallas kind the uh americana country band
0: that's right. No, no Dirk Nowitzki or
1: <laughs> I don't Mark even Cuban. know
0: who's on the t- I don't even know who's on the team these days. I don't, I don't follow <laughs> NBA anymore. Um, all right, Matt, how about you? What t-shirt are you wearing? Uh, I'm wearing, I uh, failed. I, I, I failed. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say this out loud. I, uh, when I deal with, when I deal with, um, publicists, Typically, I will tell them. I give them a checklist of all the stuff that we're going to talk about on the. Uh, but when I deal directly with the individuals coming on, which I did with you, mm-hmm. um, I sometimes fail and I forgot to tell you what the the question was going to be. So yeah,
2: I mean, I'm wearing a plain white t-shirt. And honestly, if if I did know that you asked what kind of t-shirt you're wearing, there's a ninety percent chance it was going to be a plain okay t-shirt. Anyway, I don't do a lot of graphic tees. I have a I will say in the last few months, um, my collection has grown a bit, but I still, I, I just most, more often than not, I'm, I'm going solid.
0: Is it, is it an economical thing? Is it a frugal thing? Is it, or
2: is it, you just don't like graphic tees? No, no. They're very expensive plain tees and it's okay. not nothing frugal about it. Wow, um, quality. it's a, yeah, they're, they're nice shirts. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, I keep it, I keep it. Like brand free, logo free, okay. most of the time. All right, I'll wear band tees. I'll wear, uh, you know, if it's a good if it's a good tee, I'll wear it for for a band or something. But most most often, it's it's blank, riveting stuff. So I
0: was going I was gonna offer you, a records revisited t shirt. <laughs> I would love one because that is what I'm wearing today. I mm. finally got our Wayne. I finally got our order of t shirts in and um so i am repping the records revisited logo on today's and and i probably shouldn't cuz i think that that's that's not cool you're not supposed to like <laughs> wear the shirt of the podcast that you are currently recording you know repping <laughs> but yeah but you know what i'm in the comfort of my own house and i don't it's it's yeah. cool
2: it's all good well look you send me one of those i'll i'll, I'll wear it i just you know Okay. Maybe I'll go what for size? I'll go for running it or something. Uh, general, gen, generally a large. Well, I mean, is this uh for video? Are we is this like a video podcast? Does it go anywhere, or is it no. just for us to look at each other? No, no. it's just for okay, us to cool.
0: Look, look at each other and and notice our verbal cue, nonverbal cues. Gotcha, and gotcha. Where we're like, what the hell are you thinking with that score? That kind of thing.
2: I just I just want to know for the listener at home that I'll keep my uh my facial reactions <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll try to explain how I'm, how my reactions are it's all all good all right L-
0: let's talk about about how you know dan mills so he referred us
2: over to you a uh, wonderful guy uh dan is just part of the new york music scene and we have okay. we have a mutual friend named adam day um and through adam i met dan and you know just a great great human being um cool and i appreciate him referring us i think you also did a uh Episode with my buddy Brian Dunn. We did two yeah. of them. Two? Oh yeah! Wow. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. A, he's a good guy to talk music with. Very passionate. Um, he gets he gets into the into the nitty gritty. We we love it. The last the last episode that he was
0: on, he picked um, Eddie and the Cruisers soundtrack. <laughs> That's good. That sounds <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. So that was <laughs> so that was fun. We did we did get to make. So I I know that when we, you and I were were um, emailing back and forth about which album we were going to talk about, you were a little concerned about our 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 scoring. We'll get to that in in a second, but sure. and, and you were like, "Well, do you guys get negative on this?" And and not usually, not not usually. And we tr- we try and stay pretty pretty positive because look these individuals put their heart and souls into making this art. And um, Wayne and I are not, we're, we're lovers of music. We're not, I mean, we're horrible musicians. At least I'm a horrible (laughs) musician. I I can't, I can't speak for Wayne, but, but on Eddie and the Cruisers, there were a couple songs
2: that we did. We did nitpick. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, when I asked you, it happened in reverse because i didn't know the the format of the show yeah and so i suggested the record without knowing that that it was a a ranking situation otherwise yeah. i would have suggested something else i'm not i'm not um some like purist who has never said a bad thing about music you know like i i can get nitpicky about certain things but i wouldn't have picked this record because <laughs> I, I have almost zero <laughs> negative to say about it but also you know, in the most part, I know that people love to get negative about music, and that's why I asked that question because uh, it's really yeah. not it's it's not my favorite thing to do. Because it is as a musician and a writer, you know, I don't see the I never really see the point in a bad review, you know, like what, why, why are you, why, why do you need to tell people yeah. that you didn't think this was very good, you know? I don't see how that. Yeah. I think we all get off on it a little bit more when it's when it's a shared. It's like uh, like craps. You ever play craps? It's like everybody wins. Years ago, yeah. But I'm not like a, you know, I'm not a a regular. But I did it once and it was awesome. But everybody at the table joins in and they win. You know what I mean? I think it's the best. Music is best enjoyed when we're all, like, enjoying it, you know? And not not shitting on it. Pardon my language.
1: Yeah, and, and like I say, we mostly find the good... It's mostly about what I like and what I don't like about it is where it comes to. There's never... Rarely has there ever been... Not that it's never happened, because sometimes a song sucks, and and yes, sure, it's even unanimous between you know everybody. But most of the time, it's it's this is why I like this song because, like you said, it's ranking it. We're we're taking these eleven songs and then just putting them in the order that we like them best. Yeah, for sure. I'm a huge Elvis Costello fan. We've done two Elvis Costello records, and I, I there wasn't David Bowie. I absolutely love David Bowie. We did Hunky Dory, which I think is one of my favorite records of all time. And it was just about I like this one more than I like this one, but I I like that. I like mm-hmm. all of them. And I would say that about this record, much like their first record, I don't. I wouldn't class. I wouldn't say I didn't like any of these songs. Mm-hmm.
2: Is Honky Dory has Queen Bitch on it, right? Yep. Oh my God! You know what I love about that song is you can hear. You can almost hear the fader pull down right at the beginning. Like that. Oh, that intro is so hot. And then when the vocal is about to come in, or when the band comes in, it's like it's. It's almost like. You can hear that they ran out of headspace in the mixing or the mastering. And it was like, okay, uh, we don't have room for any more here. So we got to we gotta bring down the level so that we could fit vocals in here. It was just so, it's so great because that intro is so, so good. Anyway. Yeah. But that, yeah. that's neither wait, here nor there. Wait. Yeah. We had a good time with that one.
0: So, so are you in New York guy then? I am. Sounds
2: like. I am. Okay. From Queens. Born and raised? Yes, sir. The story of Queens.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. And and so I'm assuming that's how you got connected with Adam and Counting Crows as well.
2: Yeah, Adam, um, just one of the most generous people I've I've met in the music industry. And um, he put on a festival, still does, and it used to be called the Outlaw Roadshow. Now it's called the Underwater Sunshine yeah. Fest. Um, yeah. And through that festival, there was a blogger from Boston. His name is Ryan Spaulding. Um, and Ryan, Ryan got wind of my stuff and through him, I got booked on the F- Outlaw Roadshow for the first time back in like 2000, I think it was 2013. Um, and ever since then, that was, that was in Austin, Texas. And ever since then, in some fashion, I've played almost every, every iteration of the festival since. Um, and you know, uh, yeah, I, I think being in New York has, uh, helped my um, proximity to adam we you know we were able to be friends outside of the festival scene um yeah and so it's just you know it's it's been a a great thing for for me as a as a fan of his band to you know to become friends with the guy who who meant so much to me uh at a, yeah, at a formative moment
0: yeah i was i was all excited my my brother-in-law texted me so he lives in texas he texted me he was like Hey, I, I I just saw Counting Crows. Oh come on! And so I'm like, and I'm like, hey. So I texted back and I was like, how was Matt the opening act? And he said, um, yeah, we didn't get there. Yeah, yeah so I was like, eating dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, all, I was a mile away eating dinner. So so <laughs> what what's the typical audience for opening acts? Like the last time I saw Counting Crows was in 2016, mm-hmm. and the opening act was Rob Thomas so pretty much everybody was showing up for well, opening the opening act, act was probably Kay Phillips. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was actually Kay Phillips. Yeah. yeah. Do, you know, do you know him? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we, we actually did show up early enough to watch that.
2: Now that, yeah. like, now that you bring that up. Cause I, I went to see that, I think at Jones beach, um, for that tour. Um, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's not bad. I think it gets a bad rap. Um, because you're playing, especially when you're playing the amphitheaters, there's no lights, there's no control over the lights, so you're basically playing a daytime show, right. um, and it gets a little weird. The sun's in your eyes. The you could see, you could see people filing in, you know, and uh, you just have to know going into it that this is your job. Like your your job is to be the opener. You're yeah. you're ba- you're essentially background music to most of the audience. But then there's the the, you know, the percentage of people who do come to support the the opening acts and are there to listen and you can connect with them they're like i was nervous to to be honest like not i was nervous about what it's like as a singer songwriter the way i am which is you know very lyric heavy we the production for this tour for me was just me and a pedal steel player um so it was i was like is this going to connect with big spaces wide open spaces and it and it did and it was it was really incredible um so I don't know. I can't give you numbers. I'm really bad at like estimating things. Like it, yeah. it's like asking me how much you think a house costs. Like oh, how much do you think that house costs. Like I, I have zero point of reference. What's the square footage of this room? I don't. I don't know. I, don't, I can't.
0: Yeah. Okay. So
2: like, are sixty percent already in their seats? It Dep- depends on the depends on the venue. Um, it does. Yeah. There were because San Diego. I remember was a little thin at the beginning, but uh, they had a they had a great turnout for that. So it's it's just weird. What, what, um, Night by night, it varies. I will say one thing that we were very fortunate about, there was another opener on the bill. His name is Sean Barna. And um, okay. instead of, like you said, with the Rob Thomas show, that's a double headliner. So right. I think with Rob, I'm not sure if, if – I don't think Rob would have technically been called an opener there. I'm, th- that was a double bill because I no, think, I, no, I think no, they no. flipped. I think each night like it would be okay. Counting Crows on first one night. And what happened here is with those tours, Kay Phillips, for instance, was always first of three he's always on in daylight and this kind of thing but because Sean and I were both openers we flip-flopped so every night we got to trade off who gets to be direct support and so that was really cool because there were some nights where you get to be direct support for the headliner and you're getting the fuller audience you're getting the sunset um and yeah. it, you know you get a uh, to be the the band that goes on right before so it was it was good and we got we got a taste of it you know half the half the dates each so Um, it was very, very successful.
0: Do you do like rock, paper, scissors for, okay, who's going to get the sun (laughs) in their eyes today?
2: No, it was, it was, uh, it really, it was determined by the first show and, and we let the crew handle that. So we got the tour book and it was like first night, Matt's on first. Okie dokie. And that's it. That's the rest of the tour.
0: Yeah. So uh, you brought up your, your lyric heavy. So Mm -hmm. I I wanted to bring that up because, um, I I really dig your your album. Um, Thank you. I even mentioned yesterday that um, the way that I judge a really great song that speaks to me is if I can't get out of my car while it's playing. Because I just want to hear the whole ding thing. Is there a reason why artists these days are not posting their lyrics online? Like I don't have a copy of your CD, so you know I'm streaming this. Where can people who are streaming
2: your songs get the lyrics? That's a great question, and you know what? Because of because of that question, I'll I'll put it on my website. Okay, because um, you're right. I, that's a thing that should happen. But you know what? I think it just comes down to is, is a lack of infrastructure. So an artist like me, uh, I'm I'm you're doing as everything. Close, I'm close to fully as fully independent as you can get. Um, yeah everything. And so because of that there's no back end where they're handling that kind of administrative stuff stuff that yeah. would um would maybe include posting that stuff online. And I guess maybe in in some world there's fans that would do that for you uh and get it wrong there's like what is that genius.com I think is a thing I should look into. That's um,
0: that's, a, that's a thing. Yeah, I'm kind yeah. of surprised that more artists like aren't adding their their lyrics to those various lyric websites or yeah. or posting their set list to setlist.fm, for instance. Like I'm right. I'm super I, I'm one of those super mega fans for certain artists that I'm going to see, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm I, and I'm speaking to you, Carbon Leaf. You're you're welcome for the many set lists mm-hmm. that I've posted to setlist.fm. I guess maybe I've just missed my whole. Calling as a marketing person for music, because because yeah. I feel like the 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 smaller, I don't even know if that's the right word. The 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 lesser known musicians who are out on the road. I'm surprised that they are not posting their sets to Setlist.fm because it that is a way to track that. Hey, this person A has a following and B
2: they're on the road like they're they're legit they're doing it mm-hmm. so i i posted a picture of my set list every, every night on uh instagram i would instagram has okay. been my my go-to thing so uh like insta stories every day would every night after a show i would post w- what i played
0: so do i need um, to go through your instagram and add all of your
2: sets to setlist.fm is that what <laughs> well yeah i don't like you'd be able to find them now but because uh, they, they disappear <laughs> after 24 hours but uh oh, okay you're doing but, the story thing yeah but um okay yeah. yeah, but I, I will after this. This that that's a good kick in the ass. I'll I'll up, upload lyrics to my website. Like okay. I'll make a little tab for it because that's a good. It's a good point. I want people to know what the hell I'm saying. Also, I do think in my defense, I'm I'm pretty enunciative. Uh, I don't oh, I don't mumble are. I don't mumble through things. So yeah. um, I don't think there's a lot of confusion over what I'm saying. But yeah, to your point, I think it. I think it is something nice that people want. It's just not a thing yeah. I've ever looked up. I don't love reading song lyrics, um, out, apart from hearing the song. You know what I mean. But as a yeah. companion piece, you're right. It's, it's great. Actually, speaking of which, I actually have a vinyl copy of the record we're talking about. Um, Yay. So, so I'm going through. I have the, the lyrics okay. and uh, credits in front of me.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Alright, so I, I mentioned your your new album is called Don't Be So Hard on Yourself. Mm-hmm. Were were most of the songs already written before the dumpster fire known as twenty twenty <laughs> or uh were those written
2: during that time period? Uh a couple of them a couple of them were written uh leading up to the okay. uh the it was some editing that was done on those, but Meat and Potato. It's a short record. It's only eight songs, right? Um, but there were, I think there were ten written, and I, I just I lopped two off at the end. Yeah, for the most part, it was it was written starting actually like April. I had I went through like it was only a month in, and I just started writing a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, and then we because we recorded it in that summer and, and uh, mostly remote, which
0: I think a lot of people were doing the remote yeah. thing. So yeah, I totally get it. When I heard um, when I heard make peace for the f- first time Wayne i don't I don't know if you um, you got any early Cat Stevens vibes but um and I say that very respectfully but um, loved loved it thank you
1: I get a lot of Paul Simon I mean and like I say in the absolute best way
3: out I saw a pig running down second egg. And just when I think the door can open, another hour spent staring at the ceiling fan. I pour a drink and dip my toe in to the latest online TV fan. Are they really all that different? And who cares how you spend your days, though I wonder? It's helping you make peace with the mess you made.
1: Thank My thank favorite songs guys. were uh Certain Vows and uh See You Soon. Uh, but yeah, I I I, I had make peace. That was another
2: Thank you very much. I I love the I love the comparison. It's not bad.
0: <laughs> I I do have to ask you. The yeah. the lyric about the uh, not you haven't seen pigs fly, but you saw a pig running what mm-hmm. is it? Running down 2nd Avenue Ave. or something yep. like Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
2: All right. Tell me the story on this. Uh well, it's not not much of a story. It's a it's it's Okay it's uh i saw a pig in in manhattan once and I, like a leash a leached pig um oh okay and i just it, it stuck out so i you know i, I took some liberties uh but it, it definitely came from a place of a, a real place uh but you know what's funny is somebody reached out to me thinking i was talk, i was referring to uh police and oh. i had never made i had never made that i didn't even not once did that cross my mind as a potential uh misunderstanding of that lyric and that that made me laugh I didn't. I didn't catch that.
0: Um, yeah. No. I. I was thinking literal pig. Yeah. So, good. Okay. Good. So. So. So not. Kind of a boring thing. It wasn't like <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. It wasn't like a pig was escaping from. You know no. his fate of being bacon or anything. Was, no.
2: I. I so. made it more exciting than it than it really was. <laughs> <laughs> so we shouldn't. Yeah. We. This is why people shouldn't talk about their lyrics. Because now so, you know. There you go. Maybe you don't post it
0: now afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right.
2: Well, I won't be posting the literal uh, translations. I'll just be posting right. the actual lyrics, so okay. we'll, we'll be good. Right. But if people listen to this episode, then I'm screwing myself.
0: Yeah. So i I do have to ask you. So I already mentioned that I really, I really dug the the song "The New Normal," mm-hmm. and you have that title in the quotation marks. Yeah. It's the only song on the album like that. And I get fixated on stuff like that, like punctuation, quotation marks. Yeah. You know, when Prince does the to, you know, in, in his lyrics um, and four and mm-hmm. um, that kind of stuff. What's the meaning of the quotation marks? Is
2: there any special Bam! meaning behind that? I, lo- I love this question. I love that you, first of all, and you notice things like that and that you're, uh, that you care enough to ask the, it, that was a last minute decision, not last minute. That was a towards the end of production decision because when I wrote the song, new normal, wasn't um, a thing that was said every goddamn day you know yes, when I yes. wrote it it was um it was fresh in my head that was that's a special song to me I don't play it live I didn't play it live at all on the tour because it's like six minutes really and well because I only get 35 on stage and I didn't yeah. want to okay. and and in it's not in a negative way it's a bit of a drag if I'm a if I'm gonna play it in an amphitheater to a bunch of people I've never met yeah. I, I don't think that's the the arena for it and that was just a decision I made because I, I feel like I could fit two songs into the time it would take me to play that one. Um, okay. and I'm just trying to get my, make an impression on these people right away. They can listen to it after and be moved, you know, but, um, I don't know. Maybe that was a mistake, but. So, so can I chime in uh, yeah, uh, on that? Yeah, go ahead. The fact that these people
0: are coming to see counting crows and they want to hear eight minutes of <laughs> Mrs.
2: Potter's lullaby. Yep. Okay. I'm just
0: going to throw that out there. No,
2: no, you're right. You're not wrong. I just feel like if they don't know who I am, it's a, it's a stretch to ex- assume that they're going to give me the attention they would give to the, to yeah. Counting Crows. You know, um, yeah. I I want to come out guns blazing with with some of the the better material that I think gets the point across a little quicker. Um, yeah. And I and this is not to you know detract from New Normal. I think I love that song, and I think. Um, it was the sleeper hit of the record in my head as far as what people came back to me with, like, oh my God, this song, like it really, really connected with people. Um, and so I wrote that as the chorus, whatever the chorus is, there's a new normal and it's out of our hands, right? And that was like a mantra-ish thing. I'd started running again for the first time in my life in March of 2020. Uh, and I was a big runner as a young man. And it, I just found my passion for it again. It became, it became a therapy for me. And I wrote that song on that run with it it was a 10-mile run and for whatever long however long it took me it took me like an hour and 10 minutes or something Um, I I all I did was say that chorus over and over again and so I came home saying to myself this is gonna be the song I'm just gonna sing this very George Harrison esque like uh, on a loop it's gonna be annoying but it's gonna be you know peaceful and then I started writing these vignettes these little like stories of my life Um, and it became something else and, and I really am just so, and then to anyway, the the point to answer your question, I put it in quotes because it just became a thing. I hated that I had a song called new normal because it was such (laughs) a, it was such a thing that was said, uh, beat to death in the news and, you know, clickbait headlines and this, that, and the other. So I had to put it in quotes to be, to be, you know, just more true to it, you know? Yeah
3: friends and see what the future holds come back weathered well and bold we'll take a girl I love to the Wilco show except neither one of us knows neither one of us knows there's a need No more than that time
2: I don't know if you recognize on that song, Adam Duritz is singing uh no. v- vocals. So go back and listen to that. He's 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 all over that outro and uh uh yeah. He's also on Make Peace. Um okay. and he's on he's on I don't. Um, okay. I don't, if you listen to I don't, that's the one that's most uh iconic, Duritz. Like he he starts to do the thing, the thing that is the very Duritz vocal, which was to me one of the most special moments ever uh, on make piece and new normal. He's a little bit more subtle.
0: Okay. I, I just thought, cause you have a lot of layering of your vocals on, mm-hmm. on your, so I'm like, okay, well one of those, one of those channels, Matt's just channeling uh-huh. um, Adam there. So it, <laughs> yeah. it actually was Adam. Okay. It's him. Yeah. 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 You mentioned listening to Wilco or going to a Wilco show on. A, a yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, is that's a new, that normal. new normal. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I'm super stoked because um, I'm, going, I'm going to California in a couple of weeks to go see Wilco twice. Oh,
2: man. That's fantastic.
0: And Bon Iver. Bon Iver one of the times as
2: well. Is that in so, the same place? Is that a festival?
0: Uh, Santa Barbara one night, and then we've got a day off, and then I'm going to go see Bon Iver at, uh, in L.A. Okay. somewhere, and then Hollywood, Hollywood Palladium. For Wilco, the following night.
2: Nice. So. Yeah, it was actually my only. Oh no, it's not true. I saw Wilco with my morning jacket and Bob Dylan, that Americana Rama <sighs> fest, Great. which I, whenever that was yes. like ten years ago or something. Um, yep. But that I referenced that in New Normal. That was a like Irving Plaza show back early aughts, oh three, oh four ish, something like that.
0: Excellent, excellent.
2: You guys, ready to get into this? Oh yeah,
1: yeah.
0: So, so, Matt, tell us what record you chose to revisit for this episode.
2: I chose Counting Crows, obviously. Uh, this Desert Life, their third record, which came out in November of 1999. All right. He's taking all the bio info. Oh, sorry.
0: I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Cool with that. You're hired. <laughs> I had already mentioned we have, we have done August and Everything After.
2: Mhm that's right. Uh
0: had I had I not already told you that we we had done that record would you've chosen that instead or was is this the one
2: no that you love from Counting Crows? Well, so I love I love them all. Um I would not have chose August and Everything After is obviously it's an amazing record but this is the this is the Counting Crows record for me. Because okay. this is the one where uh I was Playing guitar for the first time in my life, I was starting to write songs, um, and so while the hits from August and everything after and recovering the satellite were all over the radio when I was, you know, in my early teens, mid-teens, it was freshman year of college that I started playing okay. guitar, and this record came out when I was starting to write songs, um, and so it's just it was incredibly like formative for me.
0: Yeah. And I feel like the first three records, like, here, here's where I do throw a l- little bit of of stuff out. Um, I don't love the last Counting Crows full record. Okay. I do love the EP that just came out. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you got to see them. Were they pl- playing everything off of that EP? Oh yeah, they did it. They did it Life. in
2: sweet fashion. So they did. You know what is it? Like twenty nice. eight minutes of music or something yeah. like that. Um, or twenty four, whatever it is, they did it top to bottom, in you know one okay. one big piece of music, which is it is outstanding, outstanding. So you didn't like somewhere? One, uh, what was it? Somewhere under Wonderland? Yeah, is that the last full record? Okay,
0: that's the last full record. I do love Palisades Parks. That yeah.
2: that's on it. Me too. I like I, a lot of songs on that record. I really loved. I remember when that came out. Yeah. That to me, that was the one that um, I was like, damn, these guys still have it. That's unbelievable. I was like, I remember yeah. being floored. That that uh they could do something as good as that, um, not in a, like a shocked way, but just like happy, you know, as a fan. Like right. holy crap! Right, I'm so impressed.
0: <laughs> I think it was it was just for for me the the was the album before the covers record
2: somewhere in there. It, yeah, I can't remember where that landed yeah. because Saturday nights and Sunday mornings was was later was further back than that and I think in between right. that they put out the covers uh,
0: yeah which I really I really dig yeah I, lo- I love that record and Wayne if you'll remember uh, former guest Casey Anderson yeah I know him too Um. so yeah so he so he they did they did a cover of like Teenage Gravity on that which is just fantastic cover of mm-hmm. that that fantastic song as well so Anyways, um, yeah, maybe I just need to go... I haven't listened to it in a couple of years. I think... I probably need to re-listen to it.
2: There's, th- uh, you know, for what I loved the most about that record... I'm going to pull it up real quick because I don't want to screw up titles, but big fan of God of Ocean Tides. Elvis Went to Hollywood, Cover Up the Sun. Okay, I do I do
0: like Ocean Tides as well.
2: Yeah. Okay. Dislocation I thought was great. That's just a just a rock song. You know, the guitar's blaring they did that live a couple of times on the road
0: live i liked it i did see them when they when i saw them in 2016 they did play that live and it was great live Mm -hmm. and i liked it better than the studio version for sure i've tried to start asking our guests this Mm -hmm. is your favorite counting crow song on this album yes okay (laughs) wayne is your is your favorite counting crow song on this album no And and it is what?
1: Uh, It's either ranking or uh, a long December. Okay. I can't always. It depends on what day you ask me.
0: Yeah. All right. Long December is always going to be mine.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I got some sentimental reasons for that one too. So. um, But yeah, that's that's always going to be mine. All right. More bio info. So you mentioned came out in in November of 1999. We'll talk about the singles. There were three singles on it. Did I see? Okay, so Dennis Herring and David Lowry are, are credited for the producers. I meant to go check out Dennis's work. David, of course, is um, Camper Van Beethoven, mm-hmm. Cracker guy. I don't hear a lot of of David Lowry in these songs. I know that he. Well, let me say this. I hear David Lowry because. He does provide some back backing vocals on a couple of the songs, but I didn't feel his production stuff. Like if I compare this to like Cracker, mm-hmm. I don't hear, I don't see or hear a lot of Cracker. I think he really allowed the band to just do what they do best. Yes,
2: I I, I can't say I know too much of his production aesthetic, but what I hear, what I've always heard in this record is just. And, and something that Adam says all the time, they they played a ton of this on the road, which made me very happy. But uh, he he and the band love playing this record because it's it's the weirdest. And, and that's a thing that I actually never really put a finger on. Uh, but when you look at it in the landscape of the prior two records, it is. The production choices are bizarre at times. Like there's some weird shit on here that they wouldn't have done. Like first record, you get that early Americana. Those guys were like, Trailblazing yep. the set the Americana sound that's T Bone Burnett, um, you know, oh. and then second record is rock and roll. It's just a rock band from the nineties, and then Desert Life. You're getting you're getting weird sounds that they wouldn't have done on the pre- on the previous stuff, and uh, that to me that's maybe that's Lowry, but I don't. I just hear a band stretching their legs a little bit, and that's why I I mentioned Palisades
0: Park. I like Palisades Park because. The way that he delivers the vocals for it is very. It feels very jazz like. Mm. No, maybe not even lounge singer, but it the 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 way that he is delivering the vocals is. I don't know. It's just it's odd, but it mm. works so it works so well. Um, yeah, uh, and I like I like that about it. Anything else we want to talk before we dive into track by track? Ready to do it? Nothing I can think of. Ready to do it? Uh, Yeah, I'm ready to go. All right, so as a reminder, our scoring is based off a number of songs on the record. Wayne, how many songs are on this record?
1: Uh, We are going to rank 11.
0: Which means top song is going to get 11 points. Next favorite song, 10. On down to lowest score of one. So, um... Matt, we know mm-hmm. that you're um, you're going to abstain from the scoring. <laughs> so when I say, what's your score, Matt? <laughs> just say, this is my 11. So <laughs> you can just quote Spinal Tap here. Mine goes all the way up to 11. All right. So um, first song is Hanging Around. Because last
4: night I had some soul. And i got nothing to do I've been hanging around this town on the corner I've been bumming around this hotel so long I've been hanging around this town on the corner I've been bumming around this hotel town for
0: way too long And that's all one word. That's right. Hanging around. Uh, song managed to hit uh, number twenty-eight on the Billboard Hot 100. It was a number-one song on the Adult Alternative Songs. I felt like number twenty-eight. Like it felt like this should have been a top ten hit because I heard it all the time during that time.
1: Yeah, this is Taylor Made single. I mean, almost absolutely. Big hooky chorus that repeats, you know, four times. I, and I and I like it, and I do remember it coming out. It's, it's funny as the song, though. Reminds me of Seinfeld because it's it's almost like it's not really about much. <laughs> um, it's <laughs> not that and I don't and I love Seinfeld. I don't mean I actually don't mean that any bad way, but no. usually their songs are so meaty. Like there's always something going on in there, and I and this one there's not really a lot going on. He's just they're describing that point in his life where he was just hanging <laughs> around, not really doing a whole lot, not doing much of of anything. Yep. But I think it's perfect for a lead single. I think yep. this is definitely the way
0: to go. I do have to ask you guys this, because the Wikipedia page said the chorus was used as the main theme for the 2006 NBC sitcom Four Kings. A-a- either of you know Four Kings? No. Never heard of it? No, not familiar okay. with that. I feel like somebody just... Posted that. That probably isn't, isn't <laughs> even a real sitcom. I don't know, Matt. Any, anything on this song?
2: Uh, I, I think Wayne is absolutely right. I, I do think, um, out of the entire record, it it's the single, like, and it yeah. it, it doesn't as from the cohesive standpoint. Uh, it's like, oh, this is just this is the single, and they. It makes you wonder, like, was this written to have a hit on their third record? Um, And that's, you know, but as a as a nineteen year old guitar player, when this came out, I I have a very specific memory of being at a party with my friends, plugging an electric guitar in and playing along to this uh, to no end, you know, Uh, and it was uh, a perfect. Gonna, I feel like you're going to get a lot of this on in this, in this episode, so I, I apologize in advance, because it's going to be a lot of digressions. This, this album meant so much to me at the time, uh, and especially in post. Now, looking back, uh, in hindsight, it's uh, even more so. But the at this point in my life, my career, my, career, my, my time as a guitar player, I was pr- pretty new. And for me, guitar solos were everything. I wasn't yet all that into lyrics and writing. Um, I was just about playing guitar. And so to hear, uh, hanging around and, oh yeah, this is, this has, this has riffs in it. Like this is, I could play this. I don't have to worry about anything else. I could just play the lead guitar on this song the whole time. And I'm just like, you know, just noodling like an idiot. Um, and that was like almost a great introduction to what the rest of the record would, would the impact the rest of this record would have on me. Um, but it's so funny that that memory is something that that I have because uh, that was that was the quintessential me was just playing lead guitar over stuff because I was so new at it and it was so fun. And
0: uh, there's some good riffs on this.
2: Oh, I mean, it's one of the great one of the great riffs.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So so here's my conspiracy yep. theory on 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 this. Not really a conspiracy, <laughs> uh, just a theory. Is this is a perfect. Wayne, I say this all the time. I want to be punched in the face for the first track. Get it over with. Like, get your single out of the way, Mm -hmm. and then let's go experiment and and take you on a journey. And I feel like yeah, it's
1: going to get on radio, and everybody else, everybody's going, people are going to come buy it. Yep, people who may not have bought Counting Crow's records Mm -hmm. before. And then I'm going to take you on a journey. Genius, right? Yeah, Yeah, then we're going to show you what we really do. (coughs) Just yeah, bait and switch. (laughs) Bring them in
0: sequencing never gets them in the door i love it punch
1: in
2: the face that's great
0: yep that's it all right um scores wayne what you got
1: uh i gave it an eight i also i like the blue light reference because it um uh, the kids may not remember this but when the dvd was finished playing the screen would just go blue uh and uh i think he does some i know he mentions maria a lot but he also does a lot of other little things where he just brings little parts from you know word, maybe one or two words from a previous song and mix it into another song to kind of give everything this real big this, these connections yeah. to each other. Alright Matt, what's your score? Uh, this is my first 11 This is your first 11 <laughs> <The> First 11, <laughs> 11.
5: Alright,
0: <laughs> right, this is my 9 Alright, next song, Mrs. Potter's Lullaby. Oh boy
4: your face sometimes I can't remember my name Hey Mrs. Potter don't cry Hey Mrs. Potter I know
0: And this is my favorite song on this album. Even if it wasn't my favorite song on the on the album, I'd give it extra points from the fact that it's seven minutes forty five seconds long, and it's not a grateful dead seven minutes and forty five seconds mm-hmm. like song. Absolutely, where, where there's maybe thirty seconds of lyrics and then seven minutes of jam band stuff. Like this is nonstop lyrics and singing and a story and kudos.
1: Yeah. But there's always a point, almost every time there was always a point where I would almost like look up and realize that this has been going on for a while, not in a a bad way, like I'm bored and I would look and I would say, oh, wow, there's still three minutes left. And then I would fall right back into it. I mean, I I just, it was like I noticed, I just thought this has been going on for a while and I'd look and I'm like, good, I got three more minutes of this And, and I'd fall right back into it. And just, this is the one I kept finding myself singing. Like I, I would just be. I would just be somewhere and I'd start singing it. You gave me your scores a couple of days
0: ago and it was, I was going to give you some crap for your lower well, score.
1: Was, this was <laughs> difficult because it, like I say, when there's a record where, I mean, I think this is a, in a lot of ways, I thought August and everything after is one of those records where there's no songs you don't like. Right. Um, and then I I had, I think there were some holes in recovering the satellites. And then this then they come back with this and there's this is another one where there's no songs that I would say that I didn't like. And I don't it was difficult to start you're listening to me you're trying to I just at some point I just started kind of trying to push stuff to what the top half and the bottom half mm-hmm. and start making some decisions and I I scored it early. Mm-hmm. And then I was like I kept finding myself singing one and then I realized that this is the one that lyrically has so many interesting things that I think even the choice of Monica Potter as, cause I really think there's a lot in here about uh, the pressures of perils of being famous and what they're the responsibilities of it. and stuff. so he picks somebody who Monica Potter was a great actress and she was in, she did a really, and I loved her in Parenthood, the TV series, but she's not, she's not huge. She's not a big famous person. And he's not really, I mean, Adam Duritz and the counting crows, have stood the test of time, but they, they weren't always, you know, the, the biggest band out there. And he wasn't always, and he's, he's, he's an unconventional rock star. Um, he doesn't look like other rock stars. He doesn't, he has, uh, and so I just thought there was a, this is the one with so many great things like that line about you can never escape reminds me of hotel California, which is another song very much about the similar, the, the similar theme, uh, But just and then the the king of Hollywood smashing his glass at Mm -hmm. the end and then him just getting up like I'm not gonna I don't want to be a part of this kind of a thing I mean this is the one with so much great so many great lyrics and uh, and I I never heard this on the Mm -hmm. radio so the fact and I I have I would challenge any program director to put a eight minute song on alternative rock radio in two thousand.
0: Well, my brother was a DJ for a while and he used to put on. And, and granted, he had a lot of leeway because it was uh, in the middle of the night. But he would put on American Pie because that's super long. Uh, that was the I got to go take a yes, dump that's right. song. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: so I'm wondering if maybe ah. this song was was in the middle of the night. And this was put on so that you could, yeah. you know. Take care of business.
2: Or or a cigarette break I used to work in radio as well, and that was one of the okay. things that, that was that was the trick. You play the long song back in the day. You're
0: like stairway, American mm-hmm. pie. Yeah. Go, we're gonna go, go, go out a smoke, smoke a dube. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I didn't know I didn't know the story of of who this was until I started doing research for this. Monica Potter, you mm-hmm. already brought her up. She was in Conair. Patch Adams, I loved her in Parenthood. I think she was my favorite, favorite person in Parenthood. Um, she was actually, she's instrumental on this yeah. version being on the album. Mm-hmm. So do you guys know this, this whole story? Did you do the research, Wayne? I, Matt, re- I know, did read that. Do you know the story on this? I
2: do. He, he actually just told it on Bill Simmons' podcast. Uh, did he? Yeah, a okay. few, few months ago. Uh, great. Right. It's a great story.
0: So um, I'm not going to pimp out um, Bill Simmons. He doesn't need any help from from me whatsoever. So she was essentially there at the recording. They did a couple other takes, and uh, through production, they kind of had tweaked a bunch of things, and Adam felt like, well, the one quote that I read was, he said, this song is terrible. It's a total piece of shit. <laughs> and he told Monica this because she was like, hey, is this song going to like be on your album? And um, she was like, it's not terrible. I have, what, the fourth take of this? And he's like, what? And so she gave him the cassette of the fourth take. And that's the one that they used for this album.
2: Yeah they went back and they had they, add, they added some overdubs after that but yeah. but they had she they went back to to the early takes in on the tape uh, and worked with that version which is incredible such a great like it just goes to show like what the things like you know a little distance helps yeah you know
0: it's such a great story such a great story all right wayne what you got
1: this yeah this is my my love eleven. This is my favorite song on there. Cool. I think he starts it out. Uh, I love that line. I dream I know I know e- everyone. A, at the I dream party. I never know anyone at the party and I'm always the host. That uncomfortable being famous kind of a thing. And then of course the line, The Memories Are Films About Ghosts. I think they use mm-hmm. that for the title of their That's the best first stuff. compilation. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's Matt, full of great stuff.
2: Your score? Oh uh, this is this is my eleven and, <laughs> and genuine eleven. Okay. Because this is Uh, this is actually this is my favorite Counting Crow song okay Uh, all time and it's this song is the reason if I had to pinpoint and obviously it's not it doesn't come down to one song but this fits definitely in my top five songs that made me write songs Um, it gave me I I will to this day go back to this song as like um, an excuse a proof that it works like I don't I'm not a, obviously I'm not a, a star. I'm not a uh I don't have a hit. Um but when I write a song, I'd also I don't follow rules. Like I don't need I don't think it needs to have a bridge all the time. I don't think you have to do this, I don't think you have to do that. And a lot of the time it goes back to Mrs. Protestant. It was like, oh, this is just an example of verse chorus, verse chorus, verse chorus, verse chorus, verse chorus. You know, it just keeps going. Yeah. And um if you got something to say then just you know, say it however you want. And this song gave me that freedom. You know, I I don't know, and I think it's so it's just I love the transition. Big fan of the hanging around into Mrs. Potter's transition. Yep. The uh, applause into the into that slide in and the, the piano comes in. Um, that acoustic guitar, the piece of Maria, in every song I write and there's a, just an acoustic guitar, chord, uh, finger pick moment there. Um, that is just like in in every one of my songs <laughs> like uh, the way i play guitar is just that way so i always i always love a good acoustic moment on a record and that to me is perfection um the, this song live is one of the best live moments so at, at a show the crowd gets in everyone loves it yep. um yeah i just this like this song is is perfect
0: yeah this is this is my 11 as well so we're unanimous it's been a while yeah. since we have a unanimous uh, top song Wayne so glad glad we got it again All right um Amy Hit the Atmosphere is next
4: the atmosphere. Caught herself a rocket ride out of this gutter and she's never coming back I fear The examination rain should just Feels a lot better, and that's all that really matters to me. We've waited so long for someone to take us back home. It just takes so long. Meanwhile, Away, some of us sink like stone.
0: and you already mentioned to my my note here is i love the fact that in the previous song he says that every song is about maria and then the next song is about amy <laughs> that's like funny. you liar no it's not <laughs> yeah so um is this song about depression
1: uh, I guess maybe as a metaphor to me, it felt like it was about drugs, but I mean, I guess, um, okay. I could see, cause the thing, the line, uh, waiting for mothers to come felt like identifying the body. And cause there's, there's mm. songs about, you know, riding out of the gutter, uh, she's never coming back. There's drifting away and sinking like a stone. There's a lot of, I, I, I you can, you could definitely make either of those sound the same if you were yeah. trying to.
2: Okay. I think those can be like hand in hand as far as, you know, what, what a song is about. Those, those are pretty, uh, similar, um, subject matter as far as writing goes. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're in these, these peaks and valleys. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know what this is about, but I just, I, I've always loved, um, his use, uh, I I like that we get another rocket reference two songs later. Um, you know, that to me is always, I love a, a thread, yeah. a through line in a, in a record. I like people taking those chances, not being, um, afraid that they said something in one song earlier. They can't say it again later. You know, uh, things like that might, you know, I don't know. I just, uh, I've always loved the production on this one too. I was hoping
0: that maybe you had some insight on who Amy was. <laughs> ah, no,
1: I, no, I don't. Spuria sister. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. Wayne, anything
1: else? Um, like this song epitomizes like how difficult this was to score. Cause I gave this my two and I think a lot of it is that it's a come down off of a song that I really like. And it's, it's, it's really upbeat. And it's this one. Uh, I, I love that, like that, almost that, almost like that military like funeral mm-hmm. snare in it, um, which I thought was perfect for it. And the one I didn't, I had the electric guitar and the triangle and then that almost sitar sounding thing like near the end. I thought it got it got busy and uh, that probably had a lot to do with my score too. Okay.
0: I figured it was just come down for you on that. Um, this was my five. It's m- middle of the pack. Um, Matt, your score.
2: Shocker. <laughs> this is my 11.
0: <laughs> All right. All right. Next song is Four Days. Do I read it read into anything that um, this is the fourth song called Four Days, or is that just nah happen chance? Okay, I think that's I think that's just chance. Okay, Wayne, is there anything on here?
1: Um, this is another one, a lot like Hanging Around, where I, I, don't, know. I don't know. I guess I guess this one also. I feel like a there's this.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's a story here that I just don't know.
1: Yeah, I, it sounds like she flew back to Ohio, and and he's, it, he says it bothers him, but I I guess there's a, <laughs> there's a, a feel like it doesn't, <laughs> I guess.
0: I just wish I knew a little more of the story on this one. I do I do like this one, um, but yeah I. And I don't know. And like,
1: I say it is. It is not not getting enough of the story. That is a lot of it because I love the 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 mixing the acoustic and the electric guitar, which they do a lot of. But also there's this very Laurel Canyon, um, very America that the band kind of in the harmonies and the uh, that I that I like too. So there's a lot of it that I like musically. Whereas I I just once again felt like I was not getting enough of the story, especially yeah. after <laughs> just two songs ago. He just he just laid out. Yeah, you know this intricate, uh, you know sprawling epic tale, and now he just says, "Yeah, it's Ohio," and there's she's flying back, and (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I miss her, but yeah, I don't know if I really miss her that much. And
0: maybe that's the that's the 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 defect of our going too Mm -hmm. overboard critically on the lyrics is that sometimes it's just about the musicality, which this song is great musically. Um yeah. But when I'm I'm also incorporating the the, the lyrical aspect where I'm like, eh, what what's the story here? So, do, do Matt, what's what's the, the 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 fine line of being too ambiguous and then letting it all hang out?
2: I don't, I don't think there is a line. I I think
1: uh, Matt has no rules. He does what he wants. So. <laughs> That's right.
2: I, I honestly, I, I don't, I don't think it matters. Like, I think it's it's a song by song, uh, okay, it's on a song by song basis, and I think it's it's up to the listener to, you know, I I never really dissect too much what a song is about. Um, for me, it's like the it's the little pieces that stick out. Like for this one, it was always that opening guitar tone, yeah, um, that I thought was the coolest thing. Um, and I was like, try, I would try to replicate it with my wah wah, wah pedal. Uh, on and in the bass position the whole time, uh, and it was like a cool little. And that this is again me as a new guitar player figuring it out. But um, and I also kind of I always appreciated that this was a, a short one, like this was almost like a transition song, you know. Right. Like um, I never really cared. Not nah, cares is the wrong word, but I never really uh, overanalyzed what he was singing about. Um, it was just like a, a conduit to the next song. It was just, just another song of, part about part Maria. Side a.
0: Ha! Right. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um, This is my six, Wayne.
1: Uh, I think I cheekily gave it a four.
0: Next song is "All My Friends." over to you
1: um well and like i say this is another one when i'm listening to it and i look at my score i i don't i don't i i wouldn't say that this is uh, if you were like i say if you were looking at this from a rating standpoint you would not call this a three uh it is a good sign i like mm-hmm. it but on the in this group of songs there are a few things that i wasn't as big of, a fan of i think thematically um he kind of touches on stuff in a less in a less interesting way than I know we can. Um, you know, life is, you know, there's that 17 and 33, which just reminded me of John Cougar. Uh, 17 has turned 35. But life is, uh-huh. you know, it's not what I expected it to be. There's a, everybody else is having fun and and I just need to enjoy life more. Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Also, there's musically, there's elements that um, it sounds in time. It sounds like a couple of different Counting Crows songs at points. Um, Omaha. There's I got definitely something uh, from that end along December, so it has. Ultimately, it gives it not, and I this is gonna sound horrible, and I don't mean it as bad as it sounds, but it, it gives it kind of a generic Counting Crows feeling. It sounds like some other Counting Crows songs. Um, and then I didn't. They mix this. St- I think the strings get. I don't. I think one or the other. I, I actually. I guess I would pull the electric guitar solos out because I think there's also an effect on the guitar that doesn't. Doesn't mix well with those strings, but I do like the song. Once again, I uh, those are just some things <laughs> that I used to make to justify my score, but I did ultimately <laughs> like it.
0: I'm just saying this is my two, and I'm just calling it that.
1: Okay, <laughs> well, I, I gave okay. it a three. I'm curious okay. as to what uh, Matt gave it. <laughs> 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 Guys, I gave it an
2: eleven. Um,
0: what? No. <laughs>
2: Again, I always something I loved about this, and what I didn't say about four days is his voice. His, his, he really reaches with his um, iconic style um, on these two songs in a way that, like, um, you know, in four days when you get to "Have you seen Ohio rise?" line, like he's, yeah, you know, that he's stretching that Adam Duritz muscle. And the same thing with all my friends. Like, it's just um, I'm trying to think what in looking at the, looking over the lyrics here. I mean, just the chorus overall, it's just got, I, I, I don't think you're, I don't hear what you hear about hybrid of all county Crow songs, but I, I do think it has that iconic thing that, that he brings to anything that he sings, you know what I mean? Um, and, that, and that shines on this on this particular track. Uh, but like I said, I love that Rocket reference again. Um, and I, yeah, I always, I, I loved the uh, All You Want Is A Beauty Queen yeah. Lyric, uh, not a superstar, but everybody's dream machine. The way he rhymes that—that that, I always loved the the just the flow of that. A um, couple of things that just jumped out at me revisiting, Did and, and I, to be honest, I love the electric guitar on this one.
0: Yeah. Did do, do they ever play Four Days or All My Friends?
2: <laughs> they hadn't on this tour. No. Okay. Uh, I don't know about ever, but.
0: Yeah. All right. Um. So, if you're judging by the CD back cover, this is the end of side one.
5: <laughs>
0: uh, the CD yeah. cover lists tracks one through five as side one, and then six through ten is side two. So, we're going to. You can't really flip over a CD. we're. No, we're just going to keep going. All right. So, track six, High Life. Time to I love High Life. I do, too. And I, I've, got, I've got three scores on here that I hate my scores. This is one of them because I just
2: ran out of numbers. Uh, I'm going to tell you a cool story about High Life. Yes, if you want, please. Unless you, unless you don't know it. But unless you already know it, I mean, this song, uh, I did a... So an Underwater Sunshine Festival that Adam puts on, yep. um, it, they do a, co- um, a companion podcast Uh, he and, uh, I've
0: listened to a few
2: author James Campion. Yeah. So when the festival is, is in session, they'll do, um, interviews with all the artists playing the festival Okay, and it's, it's all, it's a big hang at Adam's apartment and there's a lot of like live sessions that we'll do. Uh, so the artists will come up to his place. We'll, they'll video film a few songs. Um, and then you sit down with Adam and James and you talk a little bit and, this was a major full circle moment for me because i was sitting down doing doing an interview with them when i was uh i'm trying to think the best way to tell this story without without kind of giving it away but uh who cares <laughs> that when i was uh again in, in love with this record and new to writing songs i remember thinking uh man it sounds like he sang this uh with a head cold And like, I always like, it was a very new, very, very small thing. It's not, it's not aggressive, but I remember hearing certain lyrics thinking like, is is he, was he sick when he, when they recorded this? (laughs) Um, And then uh, it was like, uh, it came up, we were talking about production decisions for Desert Life in this podcast. And he mentions that uh, one of the things was try singing it upside down. And I stopped him immediately in the tracks. And I was like, holy shit. I told my friends when I was, uh, you know, like 20-something years old, I was like, if I ever meet Adam Duritz, first question I'm going to ask him was if he sang High Life with a head cold. And when he said that upside down thing, immediately, like, it triggered it. I was like, oh, my God, that's what it is. He sang this song upside down as a way to, to coax different, uh, a different vocal style. Oh, wow. Um, and that's and that's exactly what it was. so what I'm hearing is just an upside down person. It sounds like he's a little bit nasally. Uh, but when it happened that way, like the natural way that we had that conversation, I was like, it blew my mind because so I'm sitting there on the couch with this guy who I always said if I ever meet, I'll ask, and I didn't because I didn't have the balls to be like, were you sick when you recorded this? <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Wayne. Anything on
1: on high life? Yeah, and once and I, I like uh, Matt had mentioned before this this song literally mentions all my friends is one of the lines in it. Um, mm-hmm. Like those little connections between each song or not necessarily each song, but connecting other songs to these songs as well as yeah. songs from other records. This song is has a lot of similar things to all my friends, but I think that they're done absolutely to, to my liking. Like say it it sounds like a Counting Crows song, but it doesn't sound like I know specific songs come to mind. When I listen to it, um, they use the strings less, but I think they get more effect out of them. And then the I, I like the electric guitar solos in this one. I think it, it works really good with it. Um, me too. Yeah, it's like they just did everything they that they, they try. It's almost like in my mind, it's like the same things they were just trying to do on a different song, and then they just knocked, like they knocked it out of the park for me.
0: Yeah. All right. I already mentioned I hate my score for this, so this is my three. <laughs> Wayne.
1: A six. It's in it's in the middle of
0: Matt. This is my eleven, guys.
1: Ooh, big shock. <laughs> All right. All
0: right, next song, colorblind.
4: Taffy stuck tongue tied Stutter shock and up tight.
2: Let me say I'll get this out of the out of the way on this one. Yep. <laughs> this song, well, yeah, this is my eleven. Uh, if I were going to rank them by number, this one got a bad rap for me because of the movie
0: Cruel that Intentions. That it
2: was in. Yeah, I never saw the movie, but yeah. um, because it was, and I don't know why, but I, it, it's like it's one of those things I can't put a finger on why. I, I, I think I, I did, a, I skipped it a bunch when I was, once I was like in,
5: okay.
2: in the flow of this record. Now I love it. You know it, everything in hindsight. This record, you know, I I don't dislike a single song on here. I still listen to Hanging Around regularly too. Like it used to be. That was a skipper too because it was a radio hit. Um, and I I already got that it scratched the itch elsewhere, so I would, I didn't need to listen to it on the record. Um, and now of course I listen top to bottom. But this one for me, I think always got a bad rap because of that, uh, which sucks because it's a brilliant song.
0: Yeah. I dig this song, and I've never watched Cruel Intentions. There's a lot of covers of this. I know that there was a, if you know the band Scala and Kolosny, I can't, I, I can't ever pronounce it, it but it's, it's essentially they take uh, popular songs and they turn it into like a boys' choir, like a Vienna boys' choir cover and they oh, weird. and they do a cover of this um this is probably going to be surprising so i looked at spotify listen numbers this is the most listened to song on this album and it's not even close like there's 52 million listens to this song mm-hmm. how many do you think hanging around has 11. 26 million for that one. Oh, okay. Mrs. Potter's has 9 million. So not even close. I mean, like I don't know if it was the cruel intentions, I don't know if it was all the various covers that have been done on this. Um and this is this is the one song on the album that um I wanted to give it a lower score because there's other songs I feel lyrically are stronger and musically they're stronger but this is just this hypnotic song like i yeah you can't skip this song like it is a song that i just again it's one of those i'm sitting in my driveway type of songs where it's just like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna listen to the whole damn thing all right wayne what's your score on this one Uh, i
1: and i wouldn't once again wouldn't say that i didn't like it Um, but i did i never skipped it Entirely, but I would, at points, uh, move on. Uh, okay, it's uh, it's partly a moody piano, which is not a, a sound I associate with them terribly, um, and it just was one of those ones that it just didn't do a lot for me, and I would move on somewhere okay. in the middle of it.
0: I like the f- I like it from the standpoint that when I associate Counting Crows, I think of dynamic. You know, there's there's a lot of moving pieces, and for this one, there's not, and I'm I'm cool with it. Like I I like moody piano pieces though, so so I'm 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 good with it. All right, Matt, what's your score? <laughs>
2: this is an eleven. Okay. Um, I will agree that it, the it, it's like a transition. I think mm-hmm. this is a really like it's a breath of fresh air on the record because it's less dense and uh, it gives you a moment to like kind of catch up and, uh, but it still says so much, you know, like in between the lines, it's like coffee, black and egg white. I always love that. Um, and I think it's just less to take in. And maybe you know, honestly to go back to my uh, association with this record, I might've, you know, not been all that into it back then because it, because there's no guitars on it. Um, you know, but, uh, I definitely grew to love it and, from where it sits on the record I do think it's like all right let's take a step back let's let's chill out for a second let's breathe yep, yep. Med- meditate on it a bit and we're going to get back into some heady shit
0: sounds sounds good
2: all right for wish all I was girls next
4: losing, I might as well resign myself try and make a change well, i'm going to- the world
1: could love this song I love this song too
0: <laughs> yeah I think um, categorically this is this this rates high this is as high as my eight I had it as high as my 10 at one point um can we confirm that this is indeed the sequel to the song, good night, (laughs) Elizabeth? Cause there's a couple there's a couple theories Mm -hmm. that I did, that I did read out there on the interweb. So, um,
2: I just wanted to make sure that that was indeed correct. I can't confirm or deny anything, but I, but I, as a fan appreciate that. And, uh, it's something that has always crossed my mind for sure. Yeah.
0: Okay. um, I was with my wife this morning. We were, were listening to the car, uh, listening to the CD in the car, and um, she was like, why exactly does he want to be a girl? You know, <laughs> you know, like being objectified is great, and the monthly stuff's great, and being told that you can't do the same things as men, is, that's great. And I'm like, I really haven't dissected the lyrics, and so that's why I I checked it out. and.
1: I always liked it from the standpoint of it's blaming your lack of believability on something you can't change. Like if I was a girl, she'd believe all of this. Like because uh, there's I love the way he goes back and forth between you and me to the point where to the point where sometimes it gets blurry at what who's having the dream. But I and I love that the dreams are semi reoccurring. They kind of all start out and there's always somewhat bad things in it. But and there but it's just a dream like and i um I've. I've been in relationships where I was I was thought to have been doing something wrong or I've even had I've even had um, a girlfriend say, I dreamed last night that you were cheating on me and she was mad at me for days. And it was just just a dream. It's not so I so there's a lot of that. I think he captures a lot of that in this song and like this is a song when you look at in six minutes, it doesn't it goes by so quickly. Yeah, I mean dude. my score is I would say low for uh, for what I think of the song.
0: Yeah. All right. This
2: is my 8, Wayne. 7. Matt, what's your score? 11. <laughs> I I love the production of this song. There's so many different parts. Yes. Um the dynamically it's brilliant. Um the sounds are incredible. Um and the and the structure like you get you get this like this up and down verse chorus thing um you get a really well uh thought out bridge section and then you get that like outro which is just you know lack of a better word it's epic like it comes back in where you're already down like the song is ending And it ain't over yet, you know, and it's so good. Um, I love it. And one thing that from being on the road with them uh, this summer, I got to see a lot of this stuff um, as a fan from side stage, watching the band dynamically playing together. They did this often, this song and Charlie's synth part that starts the song. It's like Mm -hmm. a wind up. It's like a, you know, uh, um, modulating synth part uh, that slides into the into the intro um, is really cool to see live. and then Dave Bryson, who is I think underrated uh, the yes, underrated member of this band. Yeah. Be, maybe by choice. he's a very like mellow guy like you if you've ever seen them live, he's just off to the side yeah. playing the most important parts of the song. you know what I mean like right. his, his playing is so understated. Um, and brilliant and uh, just simple and it's it's really the uh, like the backbone of the songs a lot of them to, like Mr. Jones he's he's the reason you get you know like that. that's it he's Mr. Jones that's it uh, yep. round here riff is is him so um, and then in this song there's a moment right in the middle or towards the end where it's just an electric guitar strum um, and it's seeing that every night was really really cool because he, he kind of takes the spotlight for a minute and he'll go he'll walk up closer to the monitors strumming that that uh that part and i'm like wow that's heavy it's just cool to see that live yeah um because i love this record so much and seeing them play a bunch of these songs live from the side of the stage like just kind of picking apart who's doing what uh it was very cool so this was this is a big one
0: yeah and i love how it ends as well mm-hmm. where it's just like but i can't sleep at
2: night where he's yeah. talking about all the insomnia that he's having and yeah and it's chaotic the band is playing in a, in a very like chaotic fashion
0: yeah. yeah it's so good all right speedway that's next
4: just need somebody to talk to me thinking about leaving tomorrow thinking about Thinking about getting out Thinking about getting out In all this time The bottom line you don't
0: know Word Speedway does not make an appearance in the lyrics, correct? Love it. Correct. Yeah. Um, and this is total foreshadowing of him leaving los angeles right because did he did he leave for new york shortly
2: after this was done i believe so yeah yeah uh or not did they make hard candy
0: was it that, that was that a, that was also made in la right
2: yeah 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 i believe hard candy uh, was after hard candy he left well either which, way. which i will say equally equally good fucking record yeah, yeah. yeah. i think yeah, yeah. That The fact that they did that back-to-back, incredible. I think we
0: can all agree on that. Prophetic, that he's getting out. I feel like this is a little bit of a sequel of... Or maybe not a sequel of Long December, but it is, um, you know, talking about L.A. And um, maybe additional language of... The pitfalls of being in LA? I don't know. I'm I'm probably reading way too much into it. This is my least favorite song on the on the record. Really? It is. Where does
2: all the LA stuff come from?
0: Uh sometimes I sit here looking down upon Los Angeles. Sometimes I'm flipping Th- away. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um again, I'm 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 putting context into it from previous records as well. So mm-hmm. yeah. Wayne, anything on this?
1: I like the contradiction in the the title Speedway to the, to the, to the natural, to the musical vibe of the, of the song. It's got this, cause it does, it, it definitely makes me feel like driving into the desert, like leaving, leaving LA and just, and driving out into this vast, you know, nothingness and maybe, you know, maybe you're going fast, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, uh, is part of it. But, uh, say it's a very I guess in the in the sense of kind of an anxiety thing like you know got things I can't tell anybody or uh, things I just can't say I love that line of I guess I just get off on that stuff the the whole you know all of the drama or or that you know all of the the anxiety for lack of better words that somehow like say what we've talked about you know even though it's it's hard it's normal it's like what you deal with all the time and so it's easier Yep. alright I
0: already told you this is my one Wayne five okay Matt eleven alright St. Robinson in his Cadillac Dream is next what a jam
4: a carousel rod. Son, in his train, in his train.
2: Absolutely love the song. This song, I, I think, also helped me in my songwriting in a way. Let me find the lyric. Actually, you might have to come back to me because I want to reread. I want to reread some of these lyrics because he, he, it really this this song helped me as a writer a lot. Uh, just because of the, the the pictures he's painting in this, I, I always thought it was so great. I loved. Um, the ballerina, the, there's a girl, um, uh, who spins when she spins yes. that just fucking that. Sorry. My language, <laughs> that kills me. That kills me. The, um, there's a girl in a basement counting out, uh, coming out of her shell that, that whole, just that, that picture that he's painting about that person, I, yeah. I think is so good. Um, yeah. All toe shoes and twin. Uh, with the girl in the mirror who spins when she spins. Carrie's down in her basement all touches when I mean that just that that's the best. That's one of the best uh, verses on this whole record.
0: It is the best verse. I've got it highlighted and best lyrics of the entire record are there are people who will say that they knew me so well. I may mm-hmm. not go to heaven. I hope you go to hell. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Uh all right. Wayne. Anything? Uh, I wanna hear your dissection. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, and like I say, Saint Saint Robinson almost sounds like that part of him 'cause when he 'cause the Chesapeake Bay, I mean that's he's from Baltimore, so it, that's like mm-hmm. a self reference. I kinda I got this like this Arthur Robinson is like that person that watches the other people that kinda sees some of these other things um going on. Not Adam Durr. It's like it's almost like a separate person. Um but I did. I loved it from the beginning. I say ballerinas and Cadillacs. It's pure pretty girls and fancy cars. It's what you know. Every I, it's a very common young man dream. Um, I thought the line about uh, in a house where regret is a carousel ride. We are spinning and, mm-hmm. spinning, and, and, spinning. Spinning, and spinning and spinning. I think that's you know what. There's enough regret to go around. I mean, you can focus on that, but it's always it's. it's 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 always there. I just uh, and like I say, you mentioned it too. I think that's my favorite line is, um, you know, I may not go to heaven, but I hope you go to hell.
2: I just I got chills just just thinking about it. Like that, just that that again that verse, the way it starts too. Like it comes out of that, um, because also the way it's produced, the way he sings that with with that energy. Um, there's a hole in the ceiling down through which I fell. I just love it. I, lo- I love like. Uh, the story he tells about Arthur Robinson, it's so, uh, uh so brilliant. So good. This gets an 11.
0: This gets my 10. <laughs> and I wish that I, I had two 11s.
1: Same here. Yeah. I, gave the, I gave this my 10. Yep.
0: All right. Next song. And keep in mind, this album came out in the 90s. So, if, of course, there's a hidden track. Oh, of yeah. Of course there's not... a hidden track. All right. So, that, that's, kid th-
1: that's the first kid... of my notes. Ah, the 90s hidden track. That's it. <laughs> kid, kid Things is the hidden track.
0: Wayne, you, you scored this higher than I did. I gave it my
1: four. You know, and I, here's the thing. If you take out the shtick in the beginning and the end, yes. I think it. I I like the song on a lot of different levels. I don't know. I can't think of offhand another Counting Crows song that sounds like this. So mm-hmm. it's got, it's unique. It's got something Southern rock about it. I mean, it's not, it's not anything overt, but there's something, you know, bluesy and fun about it. Uh, and then just like say the the story and you know the when we're kids and you're talking to you you know you like a girl and you're you know trying to make an impression on her and you're talking all you know, on the phone this is it's got this dated very nostalgic kind of story in it that so I and like I say I I would I, if they could have cut the 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 rocket ship studio stuff and the joking yeah. around which i mean it does get sound the like they're ends. having a good time and i and i like that and i like that you can get a little i mean you can see that side of them a little bit but i actually really like the song aside from from that part from the the uh the the stuff that makes it a hidden track is is the goofing around which is is part of it but i think the song by itself has uh, a unique sound so go back to
0: my original comments about David Lowry. So my notes, the only notes that I have for this is I can see cracker doing this song.
2: <laughs> that's that's good. Yeah. That's,
0: that, those are my only notes on that. So, so it, so it is kind of the outlier. It's a, it's a little different from the rest of the album. That's why I think they, they did it as a quote unquote hidden track as opposed to, you know, putting kid things on the, back of the cd cover and whatever Um, but it's good it's good it's a good
2: tune i i've always loved the song uh very much the production i think is uh is so cool that dirty acoustic guitar sound mixed with the mandolin um like i can't quite tell which one is distorted or not yeah um kind of thing um I, i always thought that was that was super cool the i personally love the the joking around, I love that studio stuff, um, and the chance that is there another track like that because they end it with the count in, right. and then, then then you're done. Um, but personal story behind this for me was I didn't have uh, this is my first I think it this is maybe my first experience with a with a bonus track, maybe to the band's uh, credit. It it was executed perfectly because I was uh, sitting at home. Do you remember Snood? Hmm. Did you ever play Snood? It was like a computer game. No. So it was a dumb dumb game. And anybody, <laughs> uh, it was just uh, it was like one of those like uh, kind of games where you shoot a thing like a matching thing and it disappears. Um, I don't. That that's a terrible explanation of that game. Uh, but anyway, it was a it's a kind of game you could like zone out and play for hours. Okay. Uh, and forget, forget what you were doing. And I was listening to this CD. Maybe the first time, it had to be the first time I was listening to it, uh, top to bottom, like soaking it all in, playing Snood, checking out, and uh, album ends, I'm sitting in silence for like eight minutes, and it scared the shit out of me, <laughs> it com- because it comes in with the, with the, the stupid, the fooling right. around stuff, right? Uh, and it, it genuinely scared the crap out of me, and, uh, but then I was equally excited because, it, holy shit, there's more. And you didn't realize, like I'm listening to it on a Winamp. I remember, like it was like one of these like, oh, yeah. dumb digital remember, players, yeah, like, real, like a real a player. Amp, yeah, yeah. And uh, I just didn't notice that the final track had like was like 15 minutes long. You know, so I didn't pay attention to the right. track with times and that. And so it was executed p- to perfection. It was su- an actual surprise bonus track. Um, and then to be so pleased by it, it wasn't like a you know a throwaway to me. I, I dug. I always dug the lyrics. The uh, "What makes you think I wanted it that way" line. Uh, i thought was just brilliant delivery and uh better leave a lot of fun
1: is only nothing but being alone Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and i've gotten
2: to see them do that a couple times in in like an acoustic fashion which is pretty cool oh okay very nice so it makes it makes a set list here and there love it all right this is my four wayne
1: nine
0: matt i liked it 11 all right So um, this is where I ask, did we cover everything? Did we miss anything?
2: Did I miss anything, Matt? I don't think you missed anything. Okay. All right. I I will say there's a... uh, On the vinyl of this, I don't know... I I might have been told why. He might have told me why they did this, but it's a a four-sided record. So, you know, it's two two records here. Okay. Side D has Kid Things. um, And... Also, Baby, I'm a Big Star Now. Do you know that song from uh, the Rounders soundtrack?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. And that is on this record. So I, it makes me wonder. I got I to gotta go back into uh, uh, when we discussed it, because he might have explained why that was there. Um, but it, if, I wonder if it was from the same sessions. Gotcha. But it's a great song. So if you're listening to this and you you want more Desert Life era Counting Crows because not, I don't think it's released anywhere. I'm pretty sure you can't Spotify. I, baby, you're a big star now.
0: I don't think it's on Spotify. I don't think so. I'm sure somebody probably posted it on YouTube. I'm sure there's a... Yes, it's on YouTube for sure. Yeah, there's a super um, fan that uh, has posted it. So check that out. So this is where we look at our top songs on the record. Um, usually I say any guesses on number one, but... We're unanimous on this, on this bad boy. Uh, Mrs. Potter's Lullaby gets a solid 11s for us. Wayne, I don't like the fact that our top two songs, we were in agreement. <laughs> that's never a good thing. Uh, St. Saint, <laughs> Saint Robinson and His Cadillac Dream, that's an average score of 10. Uh, Hanging Around, I gave it a 9. You gave it an 8, Wayne. So that's an average score of 8.5. That's third. Fourth is I Wish I Was a Girl and rounding out the top five, Kid Thanks, because you gave that a nine, I gave it a four. So, wow, yeah. There's there's our top five. Nice, Matt. This was fun. Yeah, thank you so <laughs> this much. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you f- so much for picking Accounting Crow's record. Um, tell people where they can find all of your happenings.
2: Oh man, at my <laughs> mattsousich uh, Terrible terrible name for <laughs> uh <laughs> for a podcast um but yeah uh, you know social media all that stuff i'm there i'm everywhere okay look for the the blue check this way you figure out it's me because i think there's a matt susage somewhere and i'm not at matt susage i'm s mateo on like uh before, on matt twitter Seusages. and Seusages. instagram i know and this poor this poor guy when i got this tour i'm sure he was blown up i kept getting comments on things where he's like uh telling people where i am like they're commenting <laughs> uh, on his stuff he's like oh S. mateo's the the artist S. Mate, this poor guy i don't know him you know it's not it's, yeah. the, he, we must be related
0: <laughs> what What's so what's <laughs> the what's the uh, the the story behind your twitter handle
2: uh it's actually funny it it, it was just a a thing that my my buddy james said to me once we were uh we were playing bocce in San Diego okay. in like the early 2000s, and he was just doing an Italian accent. He referred to me as Es Matteo. Okay. And when it came time for social media, I kind of hung on to that in my head, and I was like, "Oh, Es Matteo, that's that's cute."
0: Not really. So I, I held that, on to it, not realizing that people were going to have a really hard time finding you out there because
2: I, you know I don't think people have a hard time finding me. I think okay. I give people maybe I give people too much credit, but I think uh, I'm learning. As you go around the country and uh, meet people, there are people who don't have no, have zero problem saying your name, and there are people who just can never get it right. Uh, and that's fine. It's just going to be that way. Yeah. I think people are smart, and if you know how to use the internet, you can't miss it. Like you, you're gonna find me. Just you know, just call you Matt. Just go, mad. Matt. Matt Susic, yeah. just 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 put it into your thing, and the rest it'll come up. You'll see a blue check mark. That's right. Then I'm clearly I'm clearly the guy. Clear, you know what I mean? Verify. Yeah. That's clearly the guy that I'm
0: looking for. That's it. All right. Last you know? question. So how we got connected with you is because we asked this question of all of our guests. So who do you know that we don't know that should come on this podcast to talk about one of their favorite records? Hmm. So Dan referred us to you. Which cool. which um, came from Jesse Humphrey, which okay, which Wayne. I tried to update the Jesse Humphrey referral trail, and it's just completely bonkers, and I can't put everything on the same PowerPoint presentation for that. So, anyways, good stuff.
2: I was gonna say, have you done one with Casey Anderson?
0: Uh, he was on our Hootie and the Blowfish appreciation uh, episode, and we are. We are planning on having Casey back again at some point. Okay, good. We had a good time with him. Um I'm a fan. Boy. I'm a fan of Casey.
2: So, yeah, great guy. Yeah. He's a great guy. You know who I would I think would be great? Um is C- Kathleen Edwards. Okay.
0: Love Kathleen.
2: Okay. She a big I think that, she I a big would, music I, nerd. Her. I mean, as big a music nerd as I am. Okay. All
0: right. All right. Give us uh, give us the the, uh, the the hookup on that. Love to have Kathleen on. That'd be great. All right. Uh, let's wrap this up. As a reminder, you can find all of our episodes by going to recordsrevisitedpodcast.com. Uh, of course, we're on the socials. Um, we're not blue check verified, <laughs> unlike Matt. Um, but... Uh, you can find, but we
2: can under, we could re- pronounce your name. You can pronounce
0: yeah. my name. All right. Uh, Twitter at podcast records, find us on Facebook. Wayne is on the Instagram page. Where can they find us there?
1: Records revisited podcast.
0: And then of course, don't forget to join our Patreon to get episodes early. You can contribute at the guest revisitor level. You can join us on an episode to talk about one of your favorite records. Just go to patreon.com slash records revisited podcast. And, um, uh, some of those Patreon revisitors are going to get some T-shirts as well for their contribution. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Let's wrap this up. Thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. Go to a live show. Uh, buy a T-shirt of the band. Also, buy t T-shirt of the podcast that you're listening to because, <laughs> you know, they're awesome. Uh, buy a record. Visit a record store. And not just on Record Store Day, we are Records Revisited. And we are... Out. Very nice on cool. the ending.
2: No, oh, very nice. Did you see well what done. I did there? Did you see I what did I did, see there? What oh, you okay. did there? All right. That's All right. good. All right. Very nice. <laughs>